following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. Hey everybody, Pastor Mark here, coming to you from my office this time on this podcast um, because this past Sunday at Praise and Worship we had a little bit of a technical failure and our recording system died, sad, a sad death, and so the sermon was lost from Sunday um, in terms of the audio recording. So I thought what I'd love to do for those of you who listen is just sit down, share a few thoughts about what we talked about Sunday and uh, just you and me together on the podcast this week. Um, exploring God's Word together. And to that end, um, this particular week, we're talking about trusting. We'll be going through our core values at Praise and Worship. And these core values guide everything that we do. Um, Of course, they come from Jesus. They are based in Him and by Him. And we we love to say that He is our beginning, He is our middle, He is our ending point. And so as we spend a little time together today, I would invite you to ponder what it means to trust. Um, because that's what our, our core value is today, is that we believe in trusting, you know, here at Praise and Worship, we believe in trusting His promises, the promises of Jesus, and seeking to follow Him in everything that we do. The reason for this is what we read in Luke chapter 6 that day, which includes the, the passages um, beginning in verse 46, where Jesus says to the people who are listening to Him, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. And then he then describes a person who builds his house on a strong foundation. He dug a deep hole and put, you know, made the foundation secure um, on the rock. And when the storm came, the house remained. Um, and then he compares that with someone who hears what Jesus says, hears what he says, and does not put what he says into practice. And he says, this is the person who builds on a non-secure foundation. And then when the flood comes, it completely destroys the house. Think about that. Um, the question isn't whether or not the flood's going to come, whether or not the storm's going to come. The question is, what's going to happen when it hits? That's the question. So often in our world, we we're taught that or people will suggest that if we just follow Jesus, everything will be okay. And while I would agree with that as far as it goes, that okay doesn't mean that we're never going to suffer. In fact, Scripture explicitly says that we will. Um, Jesus here, again, says that we are going to have a flood one way or the other. It's going to hit. And um, the question then becomes, how are we going to survive that? And his answer is if we put our trust in him. Now, it's easy to say, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what does it mean to trust Jesus? Um, sometimes we create these categories maybe that we've grown up with. Well, if I believe in Jesus, then I'm saved. And, and, and that's not a wrong thing to say. We can find scriptures that say that. But what do they mean within the whole story of his narrative, the, the story of Jesus? Salvation certainly means a lot, but um, I want you to think of I want you to think of these words. I'm just going to, I went to the Gospel of John. I shared this on Sunday. I went to the Gospel of John and I just flipped through it because, you know, the question becomes, what did Jesus say to actually do? Sometimes we'll moralize him and say, well, you know, he said to be good. Eh, I would challenge you to find a place where he said be good. I think he did say be perfect in Matthew 5, 48. 
Um, and he certainly commanded us to do things. Love our neighbor. Love our enemies. If someone demands something from us, give it to them and give them more. Um, if they force us to go one mile, go another mile. If they hit us on one side of our face, turn the other cheek, right? And so we can find all those kinds of things. And what people will often do is take those and create a, a moral Jesus, you know, a buddy Jesus. Be good. You know, Try harder. Do better. And, and that's fine. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being good. I mean, certainly that's part of what it means to follow Jesus. But I, don't, I, would, I would challenge you that that has nothing to do with trusting him. Hear these words of Jesus as I, I found just a sampling in the Gospel of John, just flipping through. Whoever drinks the water I give him, Jesus said, dot, dot, dot. Whoever hears my word, dot, dot, dot. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry or never be thirsty, dot, dot, dot. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, dot, dot, dot. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said in John 11, will live even though he dies. And he who believes in me will never die. He said that right after saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Certainly following Jesus is going to involve decisions that we have to make and daily choices and um, how do we deal with conflict in our lives and all of that we could point to Jesus's morality, the golden rule, treat others the way you would want to be treated. That is true. But you can do that without ever putting any trust in Jesus. Um, the, the demons, you know, we read about know the word of God and they shudder, right? They know what it says. They know what we should do. And who knows, in their effort to deceive us, they might even be the ones telling us to do better. What does it mean to trust in a person who says that if you drink the water I give you, it will become a well springing up in you unto eternal life. What does it mean to put your trust in a man who says, if you hear my word, you have moved from death to life? What does it mean to put your trust in a man who says, if you come to me, you will never go hungry, you will never be thirsty? What does it mean to put your trust in him who says, if you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. What does it mean to put your trust in someone who says, if you believe in me, you will, even though you die, you will live. And if you believe in me, you will never die. These are the questions that I want us to ponder this week. If we trust in Jesus, it means by definition that we're going to um, encounter situations and circumstances and they're not going to be what we'd expect. They're not going to be what we would hope for. And yet we can stand in the middle of those. The floodwaters, the storm will not utterly destroy us. I want you to hear these words from John 6. This is verses 28 to 29. Then they asked him, what must, this is people asking Jesus, you know, challenging his authority. And there's a whole sequence of conversations from John 5, 6, 7, and 8 that culminate in them wanting to kill him. But they asked him, these people who were challenging him, what must we do then to do the works that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Huh. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. 
it's one of those where you just want to let that marinate on your bones a little bit. Kind of let your heart soak in it. Because what Jesus is promising you and promising me is that no matter what we do, the question is ultimately one of the heart. And of course, he said that if our heart is filled with his spirit, then good things will follow. Fruit will come out of that. So our challenge is not to try to do good. Our challenge is to believe. And and in the believing, then to follow him, to, to go after him. Um, sometimes Christians grow up with this sort of um, teaching in their life where it's like, well, when were you saved? I saved on July the 4th, 1776. Oh, wait, that's overlapping some tropes there. But you know <laughs> what we're talking about is that... Um, uh, it's it's this there's date this date when a prayer was said uh, an emotional moment was had and those prayers and those moments I don't mean to take anything away from them we're not it's not our goal celebrate those I can tell you about mine too but believing and trusting in that whole process that whole life is in fact your whole life and salvation is not something that happened on a particular day other than that day when you heard his voice and you believed him. Um, That's something he did to you. Ephesians 2 says that faith is a gift. Verses 8, 9, and 10, it's a gift so that no one will boast because it's from God. It's not from yourselves. And we were then created to do good works. It's it's like it's like it's like getting everything all out of whack when it's our, when our focus becomes on what we do or what we did on a certain day or what we hoped for on a certain in a concert or whatever we had a big emotional moment. Um, oh, that is beautiful, but it was the beginning, not the end. It was the first step of a journey. And the journey, does not per, con, the journey does not consist of a series of good works, a series of good prayers, a series of somehow gritting your teeth and believing a little more today. The journey consists of him holding you in his hands and you not throwing him away, not pushing him away. The, the series of events where you say, I don't know how this is going to work, Lord, but I pray that you would help me do this. I pray that you would help me trust you. I pray that you would forgive me for the times that I don't. And I pray that you would renew in me a clean heart. Oh God, Psalm 51. That's what it is. It's a, it's a journey. It's a, it's a stepping st- series of stepping stones which he places and he carries us through. <laughs> it's weird, you know, the old, the old painting footsteps, you know, where there was only one set of footprint, uh, footprints, I mean to say. There's only one set of footprints and they're like, oh, that's because Jesus was carrying me. And and I'm always disappointed because I'm like, that's not, that shouldn't, that doesn't belong on a poster or a meme. That's life. I mean, that's what it is to trust Jesus. I, I don't know about y'all, but he carries me every day. And the only time my footsteps are there is when I jump out of his arms and I start running away from him. And it's like, wow, what would happen if a whole bunch of people started trusting Jesus? Well, I want to read to you from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following, um, because there is this image in the right after Pentecost, right after the Holy Spirit was poured out on and birthed the church. Again, church here meaning the people of God, not the building. That's a new meaning of it that came into our language only recently in history. The original meaning for the first, oh, at least 400 years, probably much longer, 
um, church meant, you know, it comes from the Greek word ekklesia, and it means his people, his people called out and gathered. Um, and what were they doing? They were devoting, this I'm reading Acts 2, 42 and following, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, you're hearing these words in a podcast, which means maybe, you know, scheduled didn't work out to attend a worship service. And you may live in a different town or state or wherever um, when you hear these words. And so, you know, my heart for you is if you're not around praise and worship, then you need to be around somebody that is doing this, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the scriptures. That's the New Testament, the Old Testament. Certainly the apostles, what they wrote down is what we would call the New Testament, but they used the Old Testament to teach that. So it's all of God's word. And to the fellowship, which is the Greek word koinonia, this sharing, participating, gathering. Christianity is not a solo venture. It is community, which is the interesting thing. The next thing they say is to the breaking of bread, which again, the Latin word that was utilized for that is communion. So koinonia and then communion. And so we see that now in the Lord's Supper, the breaking of bread, the sharing of the bread and the cup. Um, Jesus said, this is my body. This is my blood. He didn't say represents. He said is. And let's just let his words stand, even if we don't understand them. Let's not try to understand them. Let's not create something like transubstantiation or consubstantiation or wacko substantiation. It's just, it's just his words. Just believe them, trust them. That's what this whole challenge is. This is my body, this is my blood given to you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. These are his words. And I would invite you to read Matthew 26, 26 to 28, and let those words sink in on you. Read 1 Corinthians 10 and 11, where the Apostle Paul talks about, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what it does, what, what happens in the Lord's Supper, the building up of a new people, the participation in the body and the blood of Christ himself. Um, the last thing they devoted themselves were was to prayer. And th- this leads to a it leads to a a lifestyle, a a rhythm, a cycle, which we will oftentimes call, you know, basically say gathering, growing, encouraging, and sharing. That's kind of one of our little catchphrases, a bit of our a mission statement at praise and worship. This is what we're going to do. What are we actually going to do at praise and worship? Well, we're going to gather. Why? Because you should go to church? No, because we are the church. Um, we're going to grow because that's what Jesus does. He gives us, he grows us. He's, he, you know, Psalm 1 says the man who's, who meditates on God's word is like a tree that's planted by the river. I mean, just think of the growth, the strength, the, the formidableness, if that's a word, um, that, that that keeps that tree being able to bear its fruit in season and out of season. You know, in, in Psalm 1, it's like in season, but other places we see out of season. It's this idea that when we're growing in God's word, we become exactly like the man that Jesus spoke about. The floods will come, but his house will not fall. It will not fall. And when we grow, we won't fall. We encourage one another. When you're alone, you, you list, you're you only going to hear the voice of the evil one. I mean, that's just what you're going to hear. The voices coming at you from our culture, from those who are opposed to Christ, from those who want to just meddle in your affairs, those who want to manipulate you and control you, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
you're just alone and you're and you don't have you don't have power right jesus said um you know where two or three are gathered surely i am there with them let's listen to that and be encouraged by that encourage one another when we're together and sometimes i know schedules don't work logistics make a mess that's why i'm thankful for things like this podcast you're listening to um these are the things that he does he encourages us and then we share this is koinonia um i want you to hear these words from acts 246 every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and broke bread in their homes every single day that's kind of interesting they met together in the temple courts then they went to their homes and that's where they had the lord's supper which i find is interesting and then separately it says and they ate together so it makes me wonder did the lord's supper come before during after i don't know it was with all the rest of supper it was a meal um they with glad and sincere hearts they were praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people now i'd be remiss if i skipped over what's in the middle of this which is verses 44 and 45 and i skipped over just because the other two tied together but Let's talk about actual trust. This is um, my Uncle Marty. You might have heard of him. He's Martin Luther, famous guy from the 1500s. I call him my uncle because we're related by the blood of Christ. And I love to read his writing. And one of the things that he says is, uh, because he's just a bit of a boisterous guy. (laughs) If you ever just want to Google like Martin Luther quotes, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, You'll get a kick out of him. Um, And maybe be a little concerned, which is why I call him Uncle Marty, because everyone's probably like, Marty, what are you doing? But he had some really genius things to say, too, um, like, oh, wow, we should put our trust in Jesus. That's kind of a genius thing to do, right? Um, but along the way, he said there's this interesting thing. He goes, there's the conversion of the heart, and then there's the conversion of the wallet. He, he put them two separate, and I want to read these verses from 44 and 45 so you know what he's talking about. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. At Praise and Worship, we're a really weird church. We do not collect an offering in, in terms of passing the plate during the worship service. Um, some would be scandalized by that. They'd say, hey, that's supposed to be an act of worship. Um, I'm fine with that. That's great. But um, nowhere in Scripture does it say to do that. And it's just a faith tradition. That's fine. And it's a beautiful one. But at our church and in our context, and given that we're doing the mission of Christ, trying to reach people who don't know him, who don't know what it's like to go to church, who don't know what any of that means, we're convinced that if you're sitting there and you don't know what to do, and someone puts a plate in front of you and says, (laughs) now show us what you really believe, you know, I mean, it just, that's compulsion. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, God desires a cheerful giver. No one should be uh, giving under compulsion. And in our context, in the year 2019, passing the plate for people who don't know Jesus, and maybe even for those who do, is an act of compulsion. And we love to tell the joke of uh, some years ago, there was a funny uh, video made um, where two sportscasters, you know, like where they call a football game or something. You have the play-by-play announcer and the color guy, and they're calling the plays of the church service. So they're trying to show what would it look like if we had guys like that commentating on the church service and they were talking about the opening music maybe wasn't quite on point and then the opening prayer was a little felt a little forced you know and they're just doing those color commentating color commentator kind of things and um, then they get to the offering and they talk about cousin phil who has mastered the athletic move of the overhand over the plate move which is to say he he holds his palm out with a 20 but then when he turns it over, he only drops a one in the plate. So it looks like he's putting a lot in or whatever. Or maybe it was 100 and then he only dropped a 20. What a, I don't know. 
it, it just shows what we all feel when the plate goes by. And so we don't do that. We try to build this actual trust, which is to say, um, when there's a need, let's put in. So we have a box and then we keep the box in the center of our worship area. And the, the partners in our ministry, I've been trained to go up to that box and put money in, uh, you know, in accordance with their walk with God. And that's between them and God. And yes, I, I know there's still a concern where walking up to that, they could do that. But, you know, people can give online. There's You can go to our website, do that. that however you want to do it. Um, and if you don't want to do it, don't do it. The point is this. Trusting God with your money. And if you really think about this. Is, a, is kind of a different level of trust than trusting him with your feelings or your hopes or your dreams. Um, we told the story of my son Aaron uh, this past week. He fell short. He had some extra bills that popped up. And and he came to me and he said he's, he's 18 and he's still kind of learning how to manage finances. And he's doing a great job. But came and asked me, he said, hey, Dad, I'm, I'm a little short on my bills. And he goes, if I don't put my tithe in this week, then um, I can just barely pay those bills. He goes, what do you think I should do? I said, you should put your tithe in and you should actually probably put a little more than your tithe in. He's like, what? And I said, show God you trust him. And again, I hate sounding like that, but it sounds like, you know, God's a mutual fund or I'm doing prosperity theology. No, 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 no. You know, Malachi 3.10, God says, dude, trust, test me on this. (laughs) Throw the whole tithe in there and see what I do. And and what for me, it's an opportunity to grow in faith. Um, I don't think money is going to rain from the sky, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I just don't think God's interested in money. I think he's interested in hearts. And yes, um, the church, our, our church congregation, the organization, Praise and Worship Lutheran Church Incorporated, which is a 501c3 in the state of Missouri, and, it, and it's how people like me get a paycheck. And so... Certainly, um, if everyone stopped putting in there, that would impact me directly and others. Um, but at the end of the day, we all have to trust God. We all of us do. And this passage where it says they were all together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. No, that's not a call for communism. It is a core value. What do we do with our finances? We give to those who have need. And so that's why we do certain things the way we do at our church. And I pray in your life, whatever church you go to, or wherever your situation is, you would use this core value as well. And you would never give under compulsion, but you would seek God's face and put your trust in him. And we pray all of this, um, being reminded of the final passage, final verse of this passage. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. God's going to grow the church. We are simply called to trust him and to participate with him. And I pray that you and I could both do that together. So um, since it's just you and me on the podcast here, uh, I'd love to close with a prayer that we would just receive this gift of trust, which he gives to us and the power so that we can then grab a hold of his ankles, even though the whole time he's always been holding on to us. Let's pray. Father, I pray to, the, I pray to you on behalf of myself and the listener, and I ask you to bless each of us. And I pray that you would help us trust, no matter what. Do this because of your grace and your mercy and your love, and do it through your spirit so that we would know that you're doing it. Give us those little personal moments, maybe like it even is us here listening to a podcast, um, 
Give us those moments so that we know you're doing it. And for each of us in our own circumstances, set us free from sin and the power of the devil in the world as they all seek to destroy us. And instead, renew our hope and create a new heart in us as we pray in the mighty name of Jesus, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, and I pray God's richest blessings on your day.